from Worcester Talking Newspaper uh, in conjunction with Worcester News and Equipment Services for the Visually Impaired. Today we are bringing you news from Friday the 22nd of September until today, September the 28th. Our team this evening are Sue Parry, Peter Carter, Lynn Seymour, myself, Kate Hudman and engineers Barry Hurd, accompanied by Lucy Ballinger. All administration and copying is done by Carol Hartle and her team who ensure any requests or comments by you reach us and uh, that you receive your memory sticks on time. We warmly welcome everyone and are always pleased to hear of your of new listeners and uh, we, we really welcome you to our service which is entirely free and it also includes a regular magazine and our talking books library are, is available to you on request. Don't be afraid to phone us or if you wish to leave a note in your wallet we will respond to you although we're not always here to answer the telephone when you phone straight away. We love to hear from you, uh, both good or bad, and not so good the, the bad stuff, but we will respond. And uh, please give us your birthdays so we can include you in our birthday greetings. We will now bring you this week's headline stories and other interesting stories, useful telephone numbers, local entertainment, sports stories, sunrise and sunset, and of course, any birthdays. The obituaries follow the thought for the week. Now uh, I will ask Sue to open the birthday book. And we have um, two birthdays um, recently. Um, one is um, Charles Longstone, and that was on the 30th of, of um, September. And Margaret Bacon, or Batkin rather, um, who had a birthday on the 4th of September. Sunrise is at 6.56am currently and sunset is 7.06pm. Thank you, Sue. And now Peter will read some useful telephone numbers for us. Worcester Talking News is on 01905 76 7766. Police Non-Emergency 101. NHS Direct 111. Out of hours medical assistance between 6pm and 8pm, 0300 123 321 1. Community risk team of fire safety is 0800 032 1155. Domestic abuse helpline 0800 980-3331 Worcestershire County Council here to help 01905-768-053 Request option 3 The Worcester Hub is 01905-765-765 Sense Adventures Walking for the Visually Impaired Telephone D. Jones on 01684 891 796 or mobile 07920 144614 Samaritans is a free phone number 116123 Worcester Theatre's box office 01905 611 427 
Malvern Theatre Box Office 01685. Sorry, I'll correct that. Malvern Theatre Box Office 01684 892277. Norbury Theatre Droitwich Box Office 01905 770154. Number 8 Theatre Pershaw Box Office 01386 555488. National Grid, formerly Western Power, telephone 0800 917 7953, 24 hour service. Use this in the event of a power cut. There is a priority service register free on 0800 032 8302 who will provide information, for example, in Braille, large print, or alternative languages. Entertainment in and around Worcester. First of all, Huntingdon Hall. We've got Coda, a tribute to Led Zeppelin, on Saturday the 30th of September at 7.30. Alfie Moore, Face for Radio, on Friday the 6th of October at 7.30. Ron Jovi, tribute to Bon Jovi, Saturday the 7th of October at 7.30. And last at Huntingdon Hall... Sarah Beth Briggs, uh, she's a piano player, and she's on Sunday the 8th of October. At the Swan Theatre, we've got La Lysia d'Amour. It's a royal opera screening, and that's on Tuesday the 10th of October at 6.45. And again at the Swan Theatre, Emerald Storm, Sunday the 8th of October at 7.30. At Malvern Theatre... On the 1st of October at 7.30, we've got the Simon and Garfunkel story. On the 5th of October, in the Forum Theatre at 7.30, it's the Armonico Consort Baroque Music. On the 6th of October, 7.45, Sweet Caroline, a tribute to Neil Diamond. On the 8th of October at 2pm, the Screening from the Royal Opera, La Lysia d'Amour. At Norbury Theatre in Droitwich, you've got Oklahoma from the 18th of October until the 28th of October. That's 7.30 and then there's a Saturday Saturday matinee at 2.30. And also at the Norbury, there's a, a Buble tribute act. And this is a local person, Steve Maitland. He's organised it to mark his 15th year anniversary and that will take place at the Norbury Theatre on October the 7th from 7.30. Number 8 in Persia has again the Royal Opera La Lazire de Maux. That's on Thursday the 5th of October at 7.15. And again on Sunday the 8th of October at 2pm. On Saturday the 7th of October, still at Pershaw, at 3 o'clock, it's the Flowers Band in concert and that's an afternoon of stage and screen music. A couple, a few other items that are happening in and around Worcester. At the Evesham Mop Fair is from Thursday the 5th till Saturday the 7th of October on Thursday the 5th, again until Saturday the 7th of October, there's a plant sale at Pershaw College Nursery. 
and then Friday the 6th of October till Sunday the 8th of October Apple and Ale live music and a real ale and cider festival at the Fleece Inn in Bretforton. Thank you very much Lynn. And now the headlines for the week. On Friday, September the 22nd, the headline was Traveller's Site Turned Down. A plan to build a new traveller site on the edge of Worcester has been turned down. An application to build the 10-pitch site next to the A440 in St Peter's was rejected by Worcester City Council's planning committee yesterday. Councillors voted to reject the application, saying the location of the site is inappropriate and a safety hazard. The land lies at the tip of that huge urban extension, which will see more than 2,600 homes built between St Peter's in the south of Worcester towards Norton and Broom Hall. Councillor Pat Agar was not supportive of the plan, saying it would be awful to have, a live, live, to, have to live next to a busy dual carriageway. I wouldn't want a human being next to the road, and the safety issues would be horrendous, she said. Green space is utterly vital. It's a buffer, and I think it needs to be preserved as such. However, Council Richard Udall said concerns over antisocial behaviour are red herring, and he accused the council of clutching at straws over rejecting the application. Planning Committee Chair Karen Lewing said an application that went against policy was not clutching at straws. St Peter's councillor Eleanor Round said noise and pollution from the A440 is horrific and she could not live with it herself to approve a plan next to the road. We're not going to put houses there, so why do we think it's OK for someone in a caravan to go there, she asked. The council's planning department had recommended the move that should, should be turned down. The harm arising is significant and demonstrable insofar as it would compromise an important objective that has shaped the master planning of an urban extension, the planners said. A decision on the potential new traveller site was supposed to have been made by the planning committee 18 months ago, but was pulled from the agenda at the last minute. At the time, 160 objections were made against the bid by landowner Roger Letham, and that number increased to more than 2,200. 260 earlier this year. Rumours began to circulate about a new traveller site when a sign was put up on the field next to the busy Broomhall Way at the start of 2021 by Mr Letham, claiming the site was being put forward as part of a call for potential new sites in the city. Worcester City, city Council dismissed claims that it would be considered having already ruled it unsafe. A planning application for the permanent pitches was originally submitted in December 2021 before being withdrawn three months later. Ex-teacher reported to the police allegations of inappropriate behaviour by a former teacher at a city school have been reported to the police. The River School said the teacher, who was a long-serving member of staff at the time, initiated unprofessional contact which grew into an inappropriate and damaging emotional relationship with the student, both during and after their time at school. The allegations were made by a former student and, according to the school, date back to a period prior to 2014. In a statement, the school said the allegations were also reported to the police in March this year. The statement, published by headteacher Adrian Parsonage 
On behalf of the Worcestershire Christian Education Trust trustees also acknowledge the pain and hurt caused to the former student. The former teacher was arrested, IT equipment was confiscated and no criminal charges were brought, the statement says. Subsequently, the former student reported the allegations to the River School. Due to the seriousness of the allegations, the River School safeguarding team, with full support of the local trustees, contacted the local authority designated officer, confirming the disclosure in line with the River School safeguarding policy. The River School takes safeguarding very seriously and acknowledges the pain and hurt that has been caused. If any individuals have safeguarding concerns, either historically or currently, we would encourage them to contact the River School. All disclosures will be taken seriously and handled with sensitivity. Mr Parsonage said he was unable to provide further details for legal reasons. Worcestershire County Council said it is working with the River School but could not respond further. West Mercia Police was unavailable for comment. The River School is a non-selective independent Christian school founded in Worcester in 1985, based at Oakfield House, off Droitwich Road, Worcester. And this is um, Monday's headlines, the 25th of September, and it's um, House Arson Investigated. An arsonist is suspected to have set a Worcester house on fire in the early hours of the morning. Neighbours were awakened to a significant house fire on Sentinel Close, St John's, on Saturday. The front door was destroyed and there was extensive smoke damage to the front of the property after a fire broke out at 12.29am. Police are now investigating the suspected arson on the property, possibly involving more than one person and appealing for anybody who may have witnessed anything to come forward. Detective Inspector Oliver Moore said, <clears throat> I understand that an incident like this, a police presence in the area can cause concern to residents, but I would like to reassure the public that this is an isolated incident. I appeal for anybody with any information or somebody who may have seen anything around the time of the incident to get in touch with the police. The owner of the property, who did not want to be named, said it was just him inside and no one was injured. One neighbour said he was alerted to something wrong after people started banging on his front door, telling him to get out of the property. I looked out of the door and saw smoke coming from one of the top windows and then I started getting people out of the house, he said. I did hear a noise before then and... Um, heard people banging on my door. I was more interested in getting people out and concerned about my neighbour who was stuck on the top floor. Three fire crews from Worcester, Upton upon Severn and Droitwich were at the scene. West Mercia Police also arrived at the scene shortly afterwards. Fire crews investigated the scene this morning with a fire dog in attendance and were seen leaving at around 2pm. Three men from the Cadent Gas who wore orange and high-vis jackets were also at the property this morning carrying out work on the scene. People have been urged to contact DC Dudman at Simon Dudman at West Mercia Police UK or by calling 07811 
769500 if they have any information about the incident. Alternatively, if you have information but are uncomfortable to speak to the police, you can talk to the independent charity Crime Stoppers. You can contact them online by calling 0800555111. Worcester News has contacted Hereford and Worcestershire Fire and Rescue Service and is waiting a response. Tuesday, September the 26th. Youth gang terrorises shop staff. Gang forces co-op store to shut early. A gang of up to 20 antisocial youths have been terrorising a shop at the heart of the community every day, forcing it to shut its doors. The co-op in Barker Street was forced to close early on Friday, September the 22nd over concerns for the safety of staff. The store was open yesterday after unforeseen circumstances kept it closed over the weekend. Josie Samuels, team leader of the shop, said, We've had a group of about 20 kids causing trouble recently. They're in the store every day. We've really been targeted by them, but I'm sure they're going to other shops in Worcester as well. On Friday, we had a customer confront some of them and we made the decision to close for the safety of staff. We've had conversations with the police who are trying to deal with the situation. It's a big group of teenage lads hanging around, and it's not just here. It's a wider issue in the community. Residents who did not want to be named confirmed a group of youths had been responsible for antisocial behaviour in the area. One said of the co-op closing early, what a shame for the entire community. It's the heart of the area and a vital resource for everyone. A West Mercia police spokesman confirmed they had received a report of antisocial behaviour at the Barker Street Co-op on Friday, September the 22nd. Councillor Adrian Gregson said he was aware a gang of youths had frequently targeted the store. He said a gang of lads have caused trouble and I have heard it is a hot spot for shoplifting and the police are aware. Teens or late teens are causing mayhem, which is a shame for the rest of us. And the headline on Wednesday, September the 27th, devastation as car ploughs into salon. Shop staff and customers had a miracle escape after a cow car ploughed into a tanning salon. The car drove through the front of Heatwave in Canada Way, Lower Wick, just before 12.30pm yesterday, which would have been Tuesday the 26th. Firefighters had to free the driver of the car, a woman in his 70s, following the crash. Police and ambulance services also attended. The crash is a devastating blow to staff at the shop, who had only finished refurbishment of the shop days earlier. Owner Nicole Lepodi Podivine, who has run Heatway for four years, said the accident had caused tens of thousands of pounds of damage, but she was relieved that no one was hurt in the crash. Two customers were in the shop, but not on the sunbeds at the time, and staff were present as well. I'm shaken up and disappointed, she said. We only finished refitting the shop last week. We've had two new sunbeds and they've both been destroyed. I was sitting at the desk, which is in the front of the window, and my dog was sitting at the side of the desk. 
but how it's not hit him, I don't know, but he seems to be okay. The desk was shunted back into a sunbed, destroying an internal wall. Despite the shock, Nicole is determined the incident won't hold the business back for long. We want people to know that we're not closing down, she said. We're doing everything we can to get all of this sorted. This won't impact us for long. A spokesman for West Mercia Police said, We received a call around 12.30pm this afternoon with a report of a car driving into a shop window on Canada Way in Worcester. Officers promptly arrived at the incident to find a female had accidentally driven her vehicle into the front window of a tanning salon that is on the same street. The lady didn't receive any injuries other than shock and the car has minor damage. A fire service spokesman said Hereford and Worcester Fire and Rescue Service was called onto a road traffic collision into a building in Worcester at 12.38pm today. One Worcester fire station crew attended Canada Way, where a car had hit a shop window with supporting appliances not required. A woman in her 70s was unable to get out of the vehicle due to debris. The crew freed the woman, who was left in the care of the ambulance service. They made the car and the building safe before leaving the incident with the police at 1.38pm. A fire broke out inside a tumble dryer causing £15,000 worth of damage at a laundrette in Worcester. Flames and smoke were pouring from the machine at Posh Wash Dry Cleaning and Laundrette on Martley Road St John's. Black smoke damage can be seen on the laundrette wall while the fire led to two dryers being destroyed and part of the laundrette ceiling now needs to be replaced. Laundrette owner Tuana Barbarachel said she does, he does not yet know the true cost of the damage but estimates it could be between 15000 and 16000 Neighbours were first alerted that something was wrong at the business after smelling smoke which was coming from the property. Mr Barbarassel said, I walked in and opened the door and it wasn't a big fire but it was the top of the machine and escalated to the ceiling. I would estimate it would be around £16,000 worth of damage. The machines are expensive and we have to bring them through the door, insulate them and do safety checks. It might be more, as the ceiling needs doing. It happened in the early evening, but if it was later, it could have been worse. The business has been going for the last three years, and in that time has re he has revamped the shop. However, he now fears the laundrette will have to undergo another costly renovation. Two fire crews from Worcester were called at 8.53pm last night, Tuesday, September the 26th, one hose reel, a CO2 extinguisher and a positive pressure ventilation were used. A Hereford and Worcester Fire and Rescue Service spokesperson said two crews from Worcester Fire Station were called at 8.53 to, smell, to the smell of smoke in Martley Road. A fire involving a tumble dryer was extinguished by two firefighters wearing breathing apparatus using one hose reel and a CO2 extinguisher. Positive pressure ventilation was also used. There were no casualties and no other emergency services were needed. A new walking and cycling link between the city centre and Shrub Hill will be built after plans were backed by councillors. The plans by Worcester City Council would see a new five metre wide link created between Pheasant Street opposite the Asda car park in Worcester, Padmore Street and the existing Cromwell Street Bridge over the canal. 
The move was approved by the City Council's planning committee at a meeting at the Guildhall on Thursday. The scheme also includes improvements to the bridge and parts of Cromwell Street on the eastern side of the canal to create an attractive new way of getting between the city centre and Shrub Hill without having to use a car or bus. The council expects the work to start in March 2025. City Mayor Councillor Louis Stephen said the application was very much welcomed and Councillor Alan Amos said he fully supported the work. Councillor Amos also suggested the council look at bringing a bus route from the station to the city centre to help those with luggage who struggle to walk or cycle. The planning application forms an important part of the wider regeneration of the area around the canal and Shrub Hill Station. In June, Worcestershire County Council revealed the new vision for Shrub Hill, which shows how it imagines the area will grow into the next 20 years, which includes 500 new homes and predictions of up to 5,000 new jobs. The old hall overhaul of Shrub Hill Industrial Estate and the surrounding area includes hundreds of new homes and businesses and office space will eventually be home to a new neighbourhood filled with restaurants, bars and shops. The council has been holding talks with several parties over buying land around Pheasant Street and Padmore Street to make sure that the new route can be built including first bus acquiring part of its depot. The plan was discussed in public as the application was being made by the City Council and the City Council's planning officers had recommended it was approved. Diego, the the owners of Shrub Hill Retail Park, Farm Foods and First Bus all registered holding objections over a lack of information in the application. Vaccinations speeded up. Flu and Covid-19 vaccination programmes have been brought forward across Herefordshire and Worcestershire due to the risk from a new variant. Thousands of eligible people have been invited for the jabs to top up their protection as soon as possible. The vaccines can be administered together at the same appointment, with the NHS saying both are vitally important to staying well this winter. The new Covid variant, BA 2.86, has prompted the NHS to work as quickly as possible to ensure eligible people are vaccinated by the end of October. Those eligible to receive both include everyone aged 65 and over, pregnant women, adults and children aged six months and over with certain health conditions. Health and social care staff, carers and residents of care homes for older people are also eligible. From Monday, September the 18th, those eligible will be able to book an appointment on the NHS website or the NHS app and they will be able to get their jabs from Tuesday, September the 19th. Dr Will Taylor, Chief Medical Officer for the NHS Herefordshire and Worcestershire, said we want to protect as many people and families as possible. Vaccinations are our best defence against COVID-19 and flu and we are making every effort to be ready for winter. 
the defence the vaccines give us wears off over time and with a new variant in circulation, everyone eligible needs to top up for their protection. It is safe and effective to receive the flu and COVID-19 jabs at the same time. There is no need to delay getting one or the other. Getting your seasonal vaccines is vital, so book yours in as soon as you can and encourage your eligible friends and family to do so too. Those living in care homes are being prioritised and have already started to receive their vaccinations as of last week. To make getting jabs easier and closer to home for as many as people as possible, dozens of NHS community pharmacies and GP practices across the two counties will be offering COVID-19 and flu jabs. Dog walkers are again being urged to put their pets on leads on the Morven Hills after two sheep were attacked by dogs. A sheep was found with bite marks on its face and ear on the Worcestershire Beacon on Saturday the 23rd of September. The following day, a second sheep was found at St Anne's Well with bite marks on its face and rump. Beck Baker is Community and Conservation Officer at the Morven Hills Trust, an organisation that looks after the hills. She said it's incredibly distressing to see the consequences of people continuing to allow their dogs to chase and attack livestock. The simple act of putting dogs on leads near livestock would put an end to this problem. If you cannot be certain that your dog will return when called, whatever the circumstances, please keep your dog on a lead at all times on the Morven Hills Uncommon. To help dog owners plan their walks and know when to put their pet on a lead, the Trust publishes Stockwatch every week with the locations of the grazing compartments on the Morven Hills and Commons. This information can be found on the Trust's website, in the Morven Gazette and on social media. A weekly Stockwatch e-newsletter is always available with subscribers receiving an email with the locations of the Trust's grazing compartments each week. However, the Trust would like to remind visitors that much of the Malvern Hills and Commons are registered common land and so you may come across sheep and cattle anywhere at any time. Livestock worrying, which includes chasing, is a criminal offence and the police may be involved. Witnesses to livestock worrying on the hills and commons should contact the Malvern Hills Trust on 01684 to ensure veterinary treatment can be administered swiftly. The Trust says witnesses should also call the police on the 101 non-emergency number or report it online as a record of the offence. Livestock are an essential part of the management of the Malvern Hills and Commons. The cattle and sheep eat the bramble, scrub and young trees and this maintains an open grassland habitat. This keeps the landscape special and benefits the geology archaeology, wildlife and, and all else found here, as well as maintaining access and views for visitors. Giant teapot is unveiled. A giant teapot sculpture has been unveiled to celebrate the city's world-famous porcelain history. Mayor of Worcester, Councillor Louis Stephen, cut the ribbon to open a new sculpture of a giant teapot in their courtyard at the Museum of Royal Worcester. Royal Porcelain Works on Saturday, September the 16th. Called the Teapot of Stories, it has been made possible with the generous support from the Kildare Trust 
and Bransford Trust and celebrates Worcester Porcelain's heritage in the regenerated porcelain quarter. The sculpture was created by artists Ron Thompson and Julie Edwards of Planet Art and the design was shaped by workshops involving pupils at local primary and high schools in the city as well as community groups and residents living in the regenerated factory site. On Saturday, city residents enjoyed an all-ages celebration day of creative activities at the museum off 7th Street. Sophie Heath, museum director, said the rain held off and local residents and community groups, including the Monday Night Club, enjoyed meeting our teapot sculpture artists and getting hands-on with artist-led creative activities in our pop-up museum, making a clay teapot and decorating a coaster. Lots of city residents and former Royal Worcester workers enjoyed tea tasting and sharing memories and stories about the porcelain and what this area means to them today. Oral history producer Julia Letts gave a fascinating talk on anecdotes from the archive, sharing stories and memories from former Royal Worcester workers that Julia interviewed just before the factory closure. Worcester City Council's Life Stories team were involved sharing photographs and memories from Know Your Place Worcester, the interactive website platform. Author and local historian Colin Millant launched and signed copies of his new book on Royal Worcester painter Harry Davis, widely regarded as one of the greats of the 20th century. People must be able to tell the truth in court. Worcestershire protesters took part in a nationwide morning of action yesterday to defend our juries. The group's protest outside Worcester Crown Court, the city's highest court, was timed with similar ones across the country to take place before 10am when cases typically begin to be heard. The group says the protest is about the centuries-old right of all jurors in British courtrooms to acquit a defendant according to their conscience and irrespective of the directions of the judge. Protesters held up signs saying, Juries have an absolute right to acquit a defendant according to their conscience and the right of jurors to give their verdict according to their convictions. A spokesperson for the Defend Our Juries campaign says the demonstration is needed amid mounting public concern that political trials, such as the trial over the toppling of the statue of the slave trader Edward Colston into Bristol Harbour, are are beginning to turn round and show trials. The spokesperson said after a succession of acquittals by jury, including the acquittal of the Colston Four in January 2022, appeared to embrace the government and certain corporate interests, Suella Braverman introduced plans to reduce the influence of the jury trials. In the case of the Colston Four, she decided that Bristol Jury had got it wrong and brought a successful appeal to the Court of Appeal. Measures being taken by courts now include banning defendants from explaining to the jury why they did what they did and holding anyone who disobeys in contact of court. In recent months, some people have been sent to prison for simply trying to explain their actions. 
for example, by using the words climate change and fuel poverty in court. Lady Porter, 48, a former primary school teacher, said, I'm doing this because it's so important that the legal system does not stop people from telling the whole truth in court, does not stop jurors from making the decision they think is right when they have all the information. Our society often seems to allow those in power to lie with impunity, but the truth, the whole truth, ought to matter. At times like these, it is more important than ever that rights which have been enshrined in law for hundreds of years are not abandoned. Melanie Jamieson from Malvern said, The right of juries to decide according to their conscience was established after a jury was locked up for refusing to convict two Quaker preachers preachers in the 1670s. As a Quaker myself, I cannot allow this to happen. Thousands in Worcester to get help. Thousands of people in Worcester will be eligible for a cost of living payment worth £300. About 11,300 vulnerable and low-income households in the city will receive the next payment between Tuesday, October the 31st and Sunday, November the 19th. It is the second of three payments, totalling up to £900 for those eligible and on means-tested benefits, such as universal credit, pension credit or tax credits. Details about the third cost of living payment will be announced in due course. These payments build on the cost of living payments made last year worth up to £1,200. The £300 cost of living payment will be sent out automatically and directly to eligible households, so there is no need to apply. Eligible pensioner households will also receive a further £300 payment later this year as an addition to the winter fuel payment. Worcester's MP Mr Robin Walker said, We must continue to do everything we can to support households across Worcester with global inflation caused by Putin's illegal war in Ukraine and the aftermath of the COVID-19 pandemic. The record levels of financial support over the past year and a half have already supported families across Worcester and this latest £300 cost of living payment for 11,300 eligible households will make a huge difference to the most vulnerable and those on the lowest incomes this autumn. Mel Stride, Secretary of State for Work and Pensions, said we are ensuring the most vulnerable households are cushioned from high prices with a further cost of living payment. Alongside this, thousands of work coaches across the country are helping people find work, increase their hours and boost their skills. I encourage anyone who wants to progress their career and strengthen their finances to visit their local job centre to find out what help is available. It is a popular stop while in the park or during a dog walk, but this week the cafe at the pump house will serve its last sandwich. Staff and customers alike have expressed their sadness after Duckworth Trust revealed it would be leaving its Gullivelt Park base due to rising costs. The Duckworth Trust is leaving the pump house in Barbon on Saturday, September the 30th, after more than 20 years. 
Rob Collier and his wife Katie have been working for the Trust for nearly a year after looking for a place which provides unstructured play for their children. We have been really lucky to have this space, the courtyard and space out front, he said. It is the central part of the community of Worcester. I think it is a great loss and we hope that the Duckworth Trust will find new premises and the pump house will continue to be a community venue. Worcester doesn't have many places where you can play with your children and have a coffee. There is a bunch of facilities here that are really important to families. The Trust was established 25 years ago by Cecil Duckworth, who founded the environment, environmental charity. Mr Duckworth's wife Beatrice said, We would like to thank all our staff and all our volunteers for all their help and support. We could not have achieved what we have done without you. Since it moved into the pump house in 20, 2001, many have described it as an integral part of the community. Customer Victoria Wilde brought the staff flowers to thank them for their hard work. To have this on the doorstep is great. I think it's just perfect. We'd need someone to invest and reorganise what has brought to this community and continue its moving, moving it forward. Anda Phillips, Duckworth Trust Volunteer Community Coordinator, has been working for the Trust since 2007 and said that this will not be the end despite the premise closing. It is coming to the end of an era. I will miss it, but it doesn't mean this will stop. People are disappointed and we get asked a lot about what will happen to it, but we do not know. That is up to our landlord. I have no idea what will happen as yet. It will, be, it will be missed as a community centre. One of the Trust's final events will be a clothes swap on Thursday, September the 28th, that was today, in the pump house from 6pm to 8pm. House prices in the city fall. House prices dropped by 1.3% in Worcester in July, new figures show. The drop contributes to the long-term trend which has seen property prices in the area suffer a 1.8% annual decline. The average Worcester house price in July was 255,914. Land registry figures show a 1.3% decrease on June. Over the month the picture was different to that across the West Midlands where prices increased by 0.2%. And Worcester was lower than the 0.5% rise for the UK as a whole. Yes. Is she saying yes? But I'm going to start with football. Um, Hero Whitcomb saves a nail biter. Shootout takes City into first round of the FA Vase bars. Goalkeeper Hayden Whitcomb was the hero of the hour as his penalty save took Worcester City into the first round of the FA. Vars after a nail-biting shootout. City fans had only just recovered from a heart-stopping finish to the match against Rugby Borough as Elliot Hartley headed home in the fifth minute of injury time to level the match at 2-2. But City kept their cool and Hayden's heroics, saving two from the spot, ensured they won the penalty shootout 5-4. Manager Chris Corn said after the game his team had got out of jail at times in the topsy-turvy encounter. He said, I thought we played some good football and had some brilliant chances and then at the death we had the penalty and Elliot Hartley had scored to make it 2-2. I thought we had the chances to go on and win but it was a below par performance from a few and we gifted them in the second goal and that is not just good enough. 
but we're through to the next round and that's what these cups are all about. City, who played in their traditional blue and white stripes, got off to a flying start as Adam Mace hit the back of the net within two minutes only for the goal to be disallowed for offside. They had the better of the first half with Calvin Dinsley going close with a header but the match was goalless at half time. However, it was Borough who took the lead on 54 minutes when Sam Lockley coolly slotted home a penalty. Ten minutes later, City equalised after Dylan Hart's pinpoint cross was stroked into the net by Kyle Belmont. However, within three minutes, Borough regained their lead as captain Gez McGay tapped in through a ball which bypassed City keeper Whitcomb as he came out to block. It was high drama as the match neared its finish as City were awarded a penalty. Hart was brought down in the box on 88 minutes but put the ensuing penalty wide. It looked like game over but City showed true fortitude and kept battling and it was just reward when Hartley's precise header for a corner sent the fans into ecstasy. Corn said it's testament to the lads having that never say die attitude but we weren't clinical at times and I thought we had some good chances. A draw was a fair result and the penalties are a lottery. Corn said he was delighted for man of the match Whitcomb who ensured City triumphs to send the majority of the 388 crowd absolutely wild. This is cricket. Promotion. Worcester Pairs bagged the points needed to go up. Worcestershire have been promoted to Division 1 of the County Championship after picking up the necessary two points required from their season finale at Yorkshire. The Pairs needed just two points from their clash at Headingley and Josh Baker was the man to get the all-important run on day two or to pick up their second batting point as they hit 300 runs in their first innings. Captain Brett D'Oliveira completed his century moments before their promotion was confirmed on a memorable morning for the county. It means Worcestershire returned to the top flight of county cricket after a five-year absence, having last appeared in the competition back in 2018, 2018. On their achievement, CEO Ashley Giles said, I'm incredibly proud of Alan Richardson and his coaching staff the senior players and the whole squad on achieving promotion to Division 1. This is a huge achievement for the club and it is a testament to the hard work and dedication of everyone involved. This is a very special moment for the club and I would like to thank everyone who has supported us along the way. We are now looking forward to competing in Division 1 next season. Captain Brett D'Oliver, a century at Yorkshire, played a crucial part in gaining the bonus points needed to gain promotion. He's Basil D'Oliver's grandson. Members of a local table tennis club celebrated a host of awards this weekend for their performance in the annual Summer League competition. The Deutwich Spa Community Table Tennis Club held its AGM and presentation evening at the Talbot on High Street in Deutwich earlier this month. A number of players picked up awards for their performance throughout the competition. Russell Evans and John Tate won awards for their efforts in the Azim Sharif Memorial Trophy, Division 1. The Division 1 runners-up were Elliot Brandwood and Steve Smith, and the Division 1 averages winner was John Tate. In the Elliot Brandwood Cup, Division 2, Tom Ryder and Nathan Law swooped winning awards with Adam Anderson and Max Strange finishing as Division 2 runners-up. 
The Division Two Averages winner was Tom Ryder. <coughs> In the Russell Evans Cup Division Three, Dean Focius and Leo Tarrant were the winners, with Dan Evans and Logan Guest finishing as runners-up. Dean Focius was also the <coughs> Division Three Averages winner. The Don Evans Cup, which goes to the most improved junior, was awarded to Max Strange. Boxing, National Youth Development Championships. Butler books his place in the semi-finals. A Worcester boxer has progressed to the Midlands semi-finals of the National Youth Development Championships. Worcester City Amateur Boxing Club entered Alfie Butler, aged 16, into the National Youth Development Championships. With 12 entrants in Butler's weight category, it proved to be a busy weekend of boxing. On Saturday, September the 23rd, Alfie boxed against Taylor Bick from Burton, ABC, with his coaches Alfie Butler Sr., his father, and Harry Butler, his uncle, in his corner. During the bout, Butler was able to maintain the centre of the ring, pressurising Bick and landing clean, crisp, straight punches, which awarded him a win by a unanimous decision. After the win, Butler had 24 hours to rest before he was back in the ring on Sunday, September the 24th. In his second bout, he faced Michael Edmonds of High Tech Amateur Boxing Club. Butler struck to his father's instructions and landed crisp, straight shots, mixing them up with shots to the body. The judges awarded him the win by a unanimous decision. Alfie Butler Sr., who was once a national junior finalist himself, said, He listened to everything he was told and delivered. I am a very proud dad. Butler now enters the Midlands semi-finals of the National Youth Development Championships on Saturday, September the 30th. And now back to some uh, interesting stories from the papers. Uh, name of new pub is finally revealed. A new pub coming to Worcester City Centre <coughs> soon has finally revealed its name. Davenport's has revealed the new name for the former Worcester Steak and Grill House in the Corn Market. It will be called the King's Arms. Work is set to start on the site in the next few weeks, according to Davenport's spokesperson. The pub will be offering a programme of free live entertainment at the weekends, along with television screens that will be showing live sports in the bar area. The food served at the pub will range from pub classics to more creative dishes and wickedly good burgers, which were previously teased by the chain earlier this year. Davenport's Brewery acquired the site in 2022, but work on the new pub was pushed back on was pushed back due to other projects taking priority. In June, Davenport said the pub was likely to open in autumn, with an official date still not yet confirmed. 25 jobs are expected to be created when the pub is finally ready to open its doors to customers. The venue previously opened as Francesca's in November 2019, and before that was called the Malteser uh, Bar 12, or Maltzer Bar, sorry, <laughs> at Bar 12 and the Slug and Lettuce. It was listed for sale in March 2021. Davenport's also owns and operates hotels, nightclubs and event venues around the West Midlands region. 
The brewery was established in Birmingham in 1829 with Davenport's branded beers sold through online retailers and across pubs in the West Midlands. Work continues at the former Weatherspoons pub, The Postal Order, also in Worcester City Centre. The ex-JD Weatherspoon pub was soon opened up as Aurora Grill and Bar with renovation work ongoing at the site. Friends slam unfair fines. Eight parking fines have been dished out to members of a car meet group following the new restrictions at a retail park despite the friends eating at McDonald's. The group regularly meet up at Worcester's Blackpool Retail Park but new rules have been introduced to stop people lingering on the car park at night. Sonny Mathias, a member of the car meet group from Malvern, oh. said eight £60 fines have been given to the group in quick succession. He said there have been a lot of cameras added to the retail park to crack down on groups that may be causing a nuisance, but we have been getting fines for no real reason at all. We meet up in the evening and get some food from McDonald's, then get hit with a fine which seems very unfair. These fines are like £60 each, and some of the group have been fined on multiple occasions, which obviously adds up. Mr Mathias claims the group of friends are often not in the retail park for very long, and yet they are still being landed with the fines. He said, we have literally done nothing wrong, the situation is getting extreme, and a lot of people are suffering. We want to raise the awareness of the situation, because if it is happening to us, it may be happening to other people as well. Blackpool Retail Park is one of the busiest retail parks in Worcester, with businesses such as McDonald's, Marks & Spencer's, Pets at Home, Costa, Greggs, Halford and Curry's PC World. A spokesman from Legal and General Investment Management said restrictions were put in place at the car park due to complaints from people living nearby. They said fines are received for staying in the car park for more than a 30-minute grace period between the hours of 9pm to 6am. These restrictions were implemented following complaints from local residents about noise and disruption during these hours. UK Parking Control Limited is the parking management solutions provided for the retail park. We have contacted McDonald's for more information. The Mayor of Worcester has cut the ribbon on City's newest coffee shop and even tried his hand at becoming a barrister. The Starbucks has opened at Shrub Hill Retail Park next to the subway in a unit vacated by Carphone Warehouse five years ago. It was opened officially on Friday morning, September 22nd, by Mayor Louis Stephen, who also tried his hand at making latte. Performing the ribbon-cutting ceremony alongside Starbucks staff, he said, I'm delighted to be here opening this new Starbucks. It's great for business and everybody should come along, linger and spend money. It's great to see new job opportunities being created and I wish you all the best. While the coffee shop while in the coffee shop, <coughs> Councillor Stephen was shown how to make a latte by store manager Leah Jones and earned the praise of the shop staff after his second attempt. Starbucks area manager Jordan Daniels said, This is so exciting because we're creating so many job opportunities and serving customers with hot, fresh coffee. We have great pastry items in a brand new autumnal range. (coughs) This shop will become a place for people to work, to socialise or just to grab a coffee. 
The store becomes Worcester's third Starbucks. The chain already has branches in the Cross and Cathedral Square. A fourth Starbucks is rumoured to be on its way, with many residents believing controversial plans for a drive-through coffee shop at the Elgar Retail Park in Blackpool to have been submitted by the American brand. Neighbours protested against those plans last weekend amid concerns over noise, antisocial behaviour and the removal of trees from the retail park and independent coffee shop owners have spoken out against the opening of another chain coffee shop. Francini Oziro, owner of Francini's Café de Colombia in the Angel Place, said, I think it's too much. In my business we try to give people something that is more unique. Those kinds of brands, I have never found any interest in those brands. You get your coffee and you walk out. There's nothing more for you there. Saturday, September the 23rd. Bomb squad called out to Worcestershire again. A bomb disposal unit was called to Worcestershire for the third time in a week. Experts from Explosive Ordnance Disposal were called to Colwall after a suspected unexplained bomb was found in a garden near the post office last night. The B4218 Walwyn Road was shut while experts assessed the situation. Malvern Police said the bomb was found in a garden near the post office in Colwall. They said a 200-metre cordon was in place, which included a section of Walwyn Road. Access to the property was restricted, while neighbours were made aware of the situation and a cordon was put in place. Army officers were in the garden yesterday afternoon and were watched by a small crowd as they removed equipment from their truck. Last night the road appeared to have reopened, although no information had been given by police as to how the situation had been resolved. It comes after the bomb squad were called called to the centre of Worcester on Tuesday, September 19th, after magnet fishers pulled a device from the River Severn. Roads were closed near Worcester Cathedral, including New Road and Worcester Bridge, and surrounding buildings were evacuated, while army officers dealt with the bomb. After X-raying it, it was taken to a field near Powick, where a controlled explosion took place. Meanwhile, on Saturday, a section of Moat Crescent, Malvern, was closed for about an hour and a half, following the discovery of a hand grenade in a house. The device is thought to have been found by relatives helping to tidy up the property in the street. A cordon was in place from the car park for from Motway to the junction with Shenstone Close. Experts from Explosion Ordnance Disposal attended on that occasion as well, and the grenade was made safe. Man injured in M5 crash. Police are appealing for dash cam footage of a motorway crash which led to a man suffering serious injuries. West Mercia Police say a vintage army ambulance crashed into a stationary lorry on the hard shoulder of the M5 northbound between Junction 8 and 7. The crash took place at 12.10pm on Friday afternoon, September the 22nd. The driver of the ambulance received serious injuries, police said. We previously reported the man was taken to Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Birmingham after he was trapped in the ambulance and needed to be cut free by the fire service. 
Police investigating the crash have now appealed for anyone who witnessed the incident, including any motorists on the road at the time with dashcam footage, to come forward. Anyone with information can email dihfostrubd at westmercia.police.uk or call 101 extension 7733401, quoting 00164-I. Alternatively, details can be given anonymously to the dependent charity Crime Stoppers by calling 0800 555 111 or by visiting their website crimestoppers-uk.org. A West Midlands ambulance spokesperson previously said we were called to reports of a collision between a two-vehicle road traffic collision on the northbound carriageway of the M5 near Junction 8 at 12.06pm. One ambulance, two paramedic officers and the Midlands Air Ambulance from Strensham attended the scene. On arrival, crews discovered a car and lorry that had been in a collision. There was one patient, a man who had to be cut free from his car by the fire service. He was treated for serious injuries before being taken to Queen Elizabeth Hospital by land ambulance. Three Hereford and Worcester fire and rescue crews from Worcester, Droitwich and Evesham fire stations and two Gloucestershire fire and rescue service crews attended. The M5 was closed between Junction 7 and Junction 8 in both directions while emergency services dealt with the incident. Midlands Air Ambulance was called to the motorway while two-hour queues of traffic built up on the northbound carriageway. Traffic backed up between Droitwich and Junction 10. In Worcester roads surrounding the motorway were busy with traffic including the A440 and the A38 through Sevenstoke and Kemsey which were very congested. Expansion will put centre on the map. Garden Centre's major new expansion is set to create new jobs. Work is underway at the expansion of Laylock's Garden Centre in Cotheridge near Worcester, with the aim to open the new development in March 2024. Hannah War, a director at the centre, said we are excited. Everyone has been telling us they are excited by the new expansion. It will put the centre on the map. The expansion will lead to the centre having more than 650 square metres of retail space, an expanded restaurant, a brand new layout with an entrance and a newly developed plant and landscape area. The centre is also promising a larger home and lifestyle department and a bigger Christmas department to make the festive season as magical as possible. The director said they were currently quite small on the retail side, but once the expansion is completed, the centre would have everything you can imagine for the garden and available to buy. The director said there would be around 5-10% to 10% increase in staff numbers once the new development is built and opened. We, start, we started a 10-year development in 2020. This is the biggest we have done, the director said. We waited a year to let things settle down after Covid and to get things back to normal. The director added that they would be staying as a family-run business and didn't want to be commercialised, the centre having been in Hannah's family for more than 40 years. Planning permission for the centre was granted by Malvern Hills District Council in February 2022. Planning officers say the garden centre played a key role in the local rural economy, which the expansion would boost. 
A report said the proposal represents an investment in the existing garden centre. The garden centre and associated horticultural nursery contribute to the rural economic prosperity. The proposed de development will allow the site to continue and enhance its role within the rural economy without affecting the viability of the nearest shopping centre. A new walking and cycling link between the city centre and Shrub Hill will be built after plans were backed by councillors. The plans by Worcester City Council would see a, a new five metre wide link created between Pheasant Street opposite the Asda car park in Worcester, Padmore Street and the existing Cromwell Street Bridge over the canal. The move was approved by the City Council's planning committee at a meeting in the Guildhall on Thursday. The scheme also includes improvements to the bridge and parts of Cromwell Street on the eastern side of the canal to create an attractive new way of getting between the city centre and Shrub Hill without having to use a car or a bus. The council expects the work to start in March 2025. City Mayor Councillor Louis Stevens said the application was very much welcomed and Councillor Alan Amos said he fully supported the work. Councillor Amos also suggested the council look at bringing a bus route from the station to the city centre to help those with luggage who struggle to walk or cycle. The planning application forms an important part of the wider regeneration of the area around the Canal and Shrub Hill Station. In June, Worcestershire County Council revealed its new vision for Shrub Hill, which shows how it imagines the area will grow in the next 20 years, which includes 500 new homes and predictions of up to 5,000 new jobs. The overhaul of Shrub Hill Industrial Estate and the surrounding area includes hundreds of new homes and businesses and office space will be eventually be home to a new neighbourhood filled with restaurants and shops. The council has been holding talks with several parties over buying the land around Pheasant Street and Padmore Street to make sure that the new route can be built including the first bus over, sorry, over um, acquiring part of its depot. The plan was discussed in public as the application was being made by the City Council and the City Council's planning officers had recommended it was approved. Diego, the owners of Shrub Hill Retail Park, Farm Foods and First Bus, all registered holding objections over a lack of information in the application. Update on Poundland Move. Poundland has issued an update on its progress to take over the Worcester and Droitwich Wilco stores. Poundland owner Pepco has agreed to buy up to 71 Wilco stores following the collapse of the High Street chain last week. It includes the Worcester store, which closed on the High Street last Sunday, and Droitwich branch, which shut its doors for good yesterday. PwC, the administrators for Wilco, said Pepco had sealed a deal which will see the stores reopened under the Poundland brand. In a statement, 
Poundland said they are working across the next few weeks to agree terms with landlords and then will be able to update customers on the specifics and most importantly those working in the Wilco stores. It added that a date for when they will open the new Worcester and Droitwich Poundland stores will not be revealed until it has agreed terms with the landlords. Poundland said its new lease agreements are set to be completed in early autumn and it aims to open the stores by the end of 2023. Workers at the stores will be transferred directly as part of the move, but Poundland said it will prioritise existing Wilco workers for roles when the shops are opened under the new brand. Previously, Barry Williams, Managing Director of Poundland, said... In the coming weeks, we will work quickly with landlords so we can open these stores as Poundlands with the new ranges that have been pivotal pivotal to our recent developments. Once that progress is complete, we will ensure a significant number of the Wilco colleagues will join our Poundland team. We recognise the last few weeks have been difficult for them and we will move quickly to secure new consents from landlords so we can offer them the certainty they deserve. The news Poundland had brought some Wilco stores came after administrators confirmed all Wilco's remaining shop, warehouse and support centre workers are set to lose their jobs after failing to secure a rescue deal. Family-owned Wilco employed 12,500 staff and ran 400 shops before it hired administrators early last month, when it came under pressure from weak consumer spending and debts to the suppliers. Delighted shoppers are relieved to learn a convenience shop which was rumoured to be closing is officially remaining open. Rumours swirled on social media that Clane's little co-op in Ombersley Road will be closing earlier this year. Residents were keen to point out how well used the co-op is, despite a larger branch of the supermarket being based on the same road. A co-op spokesperson has confirmed that the branch will be staying open and that it is committed to the local community. They said there are no plans to close the store. The store is committed to serving and supporting members and customers in the local community. Councillor Mel Alcott, Worcestershire County and Worcester City Councillor for Claims, previously launched an online petition to save the co-op, emphasising that the shop is used by a lot of elderly members of the community and young families for essential items. She said people living near the co-op food at 387 Ombersey Road and herself are all happy with the news. Councillor Alcott said, I'm absolutely delighted to hear the little co-op will remain open as a co-op. The good news was posted on the WR3 Residents Facebook group and one can see by the comments how pleased people are. For many residents, the little co-op is so much more than a shop. It is part and parcel of the community. The staff know their customers and go above and beyond to look after them. I can see how hard the staff have worked to drive co-op membership from this store. They are a credit from staff from this store. They are a credit to their employer and to the community. If anyone is not yet a member, I would encourage them to sign up to take advantage of the extra offers made to co-op members. 
Co-op previously refused to rule out the possibility that the shop was closing. Suggestions had been made that the shop would be taken over by either Nissa or Circle K, an American convenience store chain. Power of Penguins for Young Apprenticeships Worcestershire Apprenticeships is welcoming a new team member to help local young people spread their wings. A giant penguin will represent the county apprenticeship support team on the streets of Worcester next summer as part of the Great Waddle of Worcester. Set to arrive in the city next July, the Art Trail will see 80 beautifully decorated penguins parading through the city's streets for eight weeks. A wild and art event, the Waddle is being brought to Worcester by St Richard's Hospice. Kim Cook, Managing Director of Worcestershire Apprentices, said, A bit like penguins leaving the comfort of their huddle behind, it can be daunting for young people to decide what to do next when leaving school or college. We're here to explain all things apprenticeships. Whether you are a young person, an employer, considering hiring an apprentice, or a parent, guardian or school wanting to know more on how to find an apprenticeship, we are here to support you. Judy Gibbs, Worcestershire County Council's Head of Skills and Investment, added, Apprenticeships give you the opportunity to work for a real employer, earn a real salary and gain qualifications, whilst gaining valuable workplace skills and experience. Thousands of young people will waddle in Worcester next summer, so our Penguin sponsorship is brilliant. A brilliant way to help open their eyes to a world of opportunity in their home county. Organisations from across Worcestershire and beyond have swooped in to sign up and sponsor a Penguin sculpture. Artists, both local and national, will dream up and submit designs to clothe each sculpture from September until September September until December 2023. Penguin suits will be whittled down to around 100 at the beginning of 2024, with sponsors having the final say on which ones are brought to life. At the end of the trail, each penguin will be auctioned to support the ongoing care provided by St Richard's Hospice. Alongside the large penguins will be a mini parade of nestlings, decorated by schools and community groups across the county. The babies will be displayed in Crown Gate Shopping Centre and other shop windows across the city. Sarah Matthews, Business Development Manager for St Richard's Hospice, said, We are so excited to welcome Worcestershire apprenticeships to waddle with us in the summer 2024. In selecting the design for the penguin, the team will have the opportunity to bring their apprenticeship story to life for thousands of trailgoers every day for eight weeks. The Great Waddle of Worcester is supported by presenting partners, Crown Gate, Worcester City Council and Worcestershire Ambassadors Community and Education Partner, Worcester Bid and Media Partners, the Worcester News and BBC Hereford and Worcester. A couple of large penguins are still available for sponsorship. To get involved, call Sarah Matthews, Business Development Manager, on 01905 763 963 or email smatthews at uk. I have um, a couple of short articles here now. Um, looking for NHS cure... The Worcester Lecture 2023 at Worcester Cathedral is titled NHS is Sick, What's the Cure? Lord Victor, and I'm sorry I can't announce that name, um, a chap who will grapple with, with the question and argue that a radical shift in focus is required.
The Worcester Lectures, hosted by the University of Worcester and Worcester Cathedral, are an annual contribution to the rich cultural heritage of Worcester, celebrating with further strengthening the links between the two institutions. The talk will take place on Tuesday, October the 3rd at 6pm. People need to reserve their tickets by Tuesday, September the 26th via Worcester Cathedral website. Um, a first-of-its-kind partnership between Seven Valley Railway and Network Rail has also been set up. Network Rail's central route will offer the Seven Valley Railway professional skills, advice and redundant railway materials to help to keep the railway safe operationally. In return, Seven Valley Railway will provide support, training and facilities to help Network Rail staff operate and maintain more traditional railway technology such as semaphore, signalling and lever frame <coughs> signal boxes which are still in use to keep passenger and freight trains moving across parts of Worcestershire and the West Midlands. Non-native terrapin spotted by the canal. A non-native terrapin has been spotted on the banks of a Worcestershire canal. Craig Benson of Droitwich was able to capture the terrapin on film as he was walking along the canal. The terrapin can be seen happily sitting along the side of the canal among the grass. He said, at first I thought I was seeing things and then I thought it must be a model, toy or an ornament until it moved. A cyclist stopped and also said it was the first for him and that his wife would, not, would never believe him. Wendy Carter of the Worcestershire Wildlife Trust confirmed it was a terrapin but was unable to identify the species. She said terrapins are not native to the UK and it is illegal to release them into the wild. However, we regularly have reports of terrapins on a number of Worcestershire's watercourses and have previously had reports of ones along the canal in Droitwich. Their popularity as, pa as pets increased a few years ago when the cartoon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hit our screens. Children wanted their own Ninja Turtle, but families didn't realise how big they grow and the commitment needed to keep them so many have been illegally released into local water bodies. Aside from terrapins making an exciting animal sighting, they can have a devastating impact on our native wildlife. Wendy Carter said they'll eat anything from frog spawn to dragonfly nymphs, and when they're bigger they will even eat ducklings and moorhead chicks. When they occur in numbers they can easily upset the delicate checks and balances of our native wildlife. The silver lining is that they're unlikely to breed, as the UK temperatures currently aren't warm enough for long enough to allow their eggs to hatch. However, as we're starting to see the effects of climate change on our weather patterns, this could easily become an issue. And when you consider that they can live for decades, today's terrapins could not only eat a lot of wildlife now, but might be storing up problems for the future. A professional photographer will have many of his aerial and landscape images exhibited in Worcester Cathedral. <clears throat> Michael Whitefoot, who lives near Martley, will exhibit 40 large-scale wall canvases of his work marking his third cathedral exhibition. 
The photographs include many well-known Worcestershire landmarks, such as Worcester Cathedral and the Morven Hills, as well as eye-catching vistas from further afield. Mr Whitefoot said, Usually my work appears in shops on items such as postcards, gifts and jigsaw puzzles. Plus I've recently published four books of Worcestershire, Herefordshire, Wales and Cotswold landscapes. So it will be exciting to see my photos in an art gallery context again. The photography exhibition is free to visit and will be open in Worcester Cathedral's Chapter House off the Cloisters from Sunday, October 29th to Monday, December the 4th during normal cathedral opening hours. Teen is arrested at campus after, secure, after Worcester was, the University of Worcester was forced to evacuate students from the canteen. Police were called to an incident inside the canteen at the University's St John's campus on Monday, September the 25th. A University of Worcester spokesperson said it called police as there was concern for the man's welfare. A West Mercia police spokesman said, We were called to the University of Worcester campus at around 12.45 on Monday, September the 25th, following reports of a disturbance. A 19-year-old man was arrested on suspicion of criminal damage. Police later said the incident had been resolved through community resolution process which sees minor offences dealt with informally rather than through the justice system. A TikTok video uploaded by Careford clan has been shared of a man speaking to an officer. At one point the man is seen in the video pushing a tray return cabinet before the hall is evacuated. Police are also seen speaking to the man outside. There were reports of four police cars at St John's campus. An eyewitness told us there was a lot of commotion, there was yelling and screaming. The canteen was evacuated, they were, they were getting people out quickly. The University of Worcester said a man was behaving erratically. A spokesperson said there was a brief disruptive incident at the St John's campus cafeteria yesterday. A young man was behaving erratically. No one was hurt. Members of the campus security team and senior staff attended promptly together with a police community support officer and West Mercia police officers out of concern for the man's welfare. The cafeteria resumed functioning normally soon afterwards. There is no reason to expect further disruption. Um, join a free health walk. People can join a free health walk through the National Trust property in Worcestershire. Health walks through Croom Court's parkland are free and take place on Monday, October the 9th. Booking is not required. A trained volunteer walk leader will offer a choice of 30, 60 or 90 minute walks to enable you to explore Croom's parkland at a suitable pace. It also helps improve fitness and well-being. Walkers can also enjoy the company of others, but if the weather is extreme, it is need, will need to be cancelled. For more information, visit the Croom Court website. Ambulances queue outside Worcester Hospital. There were long waits at Worcestershire Royal Hospital as a number of ambulances have been queuing outside. An eyewitness snapped a picture of eight ambulances outside the hospital at about 7pm on Tuesday. A recent report by the Association of Ambulance Chief Executives said that nationally in the 12 months to March 2023, nearly 2 million hours were lost due to delays exceeding the 15-minute target. 
in December 2012, there were an estimated 5,226 handover delays over an hour across England. But in December 2022, there were 66,000, according to the report. In April, we reported the Care Quality Commission rating for the county's A&E department has moved from inadequate to requires improvement following an inspection, which took place in November last year. Under pressure, hospital staff were praised by the CQC inspector, Charlotte Rudge, who said we found that despite the considerable pressure, there were significantly improved processes to assess, monitor and treat patients compared to our last inspection. However, the department was under considerable pressure and assessments and particularly reassessments were not always completed as required. Worcester has been named among the top dog-friendliest places in the country. New research has shown the Faithful City is one of the best places in the UK to go on a dog-friendly holiday. Cities were judged on how much its hotels, restaurants, pubs and outdoor trails were accommodating to your dog. The city came sixth in the rankings of the major cities. The figures showed 25.97% of Worcester hotels are pet-friendly. 18.37% of outdoor trials are pet-friendly, while 7.14% of bars and pubs are pet-friendly. Half-hour charges rejected. The call to reintroduce, reintroduce <coughs> half-hour charges at the city's car parks have been rejected by councillors. Tory councillor Stephen Hodgson has called on Worcester to City Council to bring back half-hour rates for parking in Worcester six months after they were controversially scrapped but the move was turned down by councillors after a vote. Half-hour charges were abandoned altogether when parking fees at the City Council-owned car parks went up for the first time in 14 years in April, forcing drivers to pay for an hour. The plea was rejected, with the Conservatives crushed by Labour, the Greens and the Liberal Dems when it was put to a vote during the full council meeting in the Guildhall on Tuesday, September the 26th night. Councillor Hodgson, who represents Warndon, <coughs> called on councillors to look at reintroducing the 30-minute fee as soon as possible to help those who just need to make a brief visit in the city centre. A 26-year-old man who sent threats to his former partner, threatened to kick her door down, will now do unpaid work. Joshua Hughes of Kirkby Gardens, Worcester, had also threatened violence on a day in which the court heard he had spectacularly lost his good character. Hughes admitted threat to damage. Well, that uh, ends our recording this evening, apart from the obituaries, which I will read in a moment. But I'd like uh, to say goodnight to you all and um, hope you all have a lovely week. Uh, and so individually we'll now say goodnight. It's goodnight from Peter. Goodnight from Sue. And goodnight from Lynn. And goodnight from me. I'm Kate. <laughs> but I'm going to speak to you a bit longer. Thank you. And now the thought for the week. Um, this is Matthew chapter 7, verses 28 to 29. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority, and not as their teachers of the law. And now the obituaries for this week. Kathleen Rouse uh, died peacefully on the 2nd of September, aged 76 years. 
The funeral service will be held at the Vale Crematorium on the 2nd of October at 3 o'clock. Um, there isn't a mention of the funeral director, so uh, I would think uh, if you wanted to attend, you would perhaps need to contact one of the members of family. Uh, David Byrne, uh, he passed away also on the 2nd of September. His funeral service is to take place on Wednesday the 4th of October at 12.15pm at Worcester Crematorium. Uh, it's family flowers and donations to Cancer Research and all inquiries to James Giles and Sons Limited. Telephone number 01905 783 188. Um, Annette Melouche um, of Clains. She's passed away in hospital on the 13th of September, aged 74 years. Her funeral is at Worcester Crematorium on Tuesday the 3rd of October at 10.45am. Family flowers only please, but donations if desired for Acorns Children's Hospice Trust and they can be left on the collection place at, plate at the crematorium or sent to E.J. Gummery and Son, 68-70 Omsley Road, Worcester, WR37EU. Marjorie Rimmel uh, passed away on the 10th of September. Um, her funeral service is to take place at Worcester Crematorium on Wednesday the 4th of October at 11.30am. All floral tributes to go to the co-op funeral care, please, at 17 Lowesmore, Worcester. That's WR12RS. Roger Johnson passed away peacefully on the 16th of September, aged 77 years. His funeral service will take place at 10.45 on Thursday the 5th of October at Worcester Crematorium. Family flowers only please, but donations to St Richard's Hospice. And all inquiries may be made to the Co-op Funeral Care, 17 Lowesmore, Worcester, WR12RS. And their telephone number is 01905 22137. Annalise Evans passed away peacefully at home on the 18th of September, aged 97 years. Her funeral service will take place at the Vale Crematorium, Fladbury in Pershaw. That's WR10 2QR. And that's on Thursday, October the 5th at 2 o'clock. Family flowers only, please, but donations if desired for St Richard's Hospice. Inquiries to Emma Booston Funeral Services, 3 New Road, Bromyard, HR74AH. Uh, Maureen Nullis, known as Mo, passed away peacefully on the 13th of September, aged 79 years. Her funeral will take place on Thursday the 5th of October at 12 noon at the Vale Crematorium. That's the one in Pershaw. Family flowers only please, but donations if desired for the British Heart Foundation and Diabetes UK may be placed in the donation box at the crematorium or sent to Jackson Family Funeral Directors, Malvern. That's wr 14 4JL and their telephone number is 01684 563 983.
Sheila Ross, nay Nicol- Nicholas, she's passed away after a short illness on the 20th of September and there are no details about uh, a funeral service for her at this stage. Uh, Jill Chance um, passed peacefully away on the 6th of September at Worcester Hospital, aged 81 years. Her funeral service will take place at Worcester Crematorium on Friday the 29th of September at 10am. All floral tributes to go to the co-op funeral care, please. 17 Lowesmore, Worcester, WR12RS. Donations, if desired, gratefully received for St Richard's Hospice. And Nigel Gerald Sims um, passed away on the 9th of September, aged 65 years. His funeral service will take place at Worcester Crematorium on Tuesday the 10th of October at 10.45am. Thanks to Crossroads and St Richard's Hospice. Family flowers only please. Donations if desired can be sent to St Richard's Hospice or left in the donation box provided. All inquiries to AV Band Funeral Directors, St John's Worcester, WR24LE. And that is all the obituaries for this week. Our thoughts and prayers go to all the members of their families and their friends in their sadness. Uh, And that ends our recording this evening. (laughs) 